Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. Zanzizi Zambibi. Scientifically accurate Ninja oh. Turtle. Scientifically okay. accurate Ninja Turtle. Scientifically accurate Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. Turtles don't have ears, so these ninjas are deaf. No vocal cords, so Kawabanga is hissing breath. They have tongue shaped like a worm. And these ninjas carry salmonella germs. Scientifically accurate Ninja Turtles. Scientifically accurate Ninja Turtles. Splinter taught them to be ninja teens. He's a radical rat. But they all have plague, cause rats are vectors of disease. That's a fact, Jack. They live 100 years twofold. So teenage turtles have the mind of a seven-year-old. Scientifically accurate Ninja Turtles. Scientifically accurate Ninja Turtles. Here's the part. Where we talk about turtle dicks Half the length of a turtle and Astoundingly big If you see a turtle's toothless grin It's cause his penis can probably touch his chin Scientifically accurate ninja turtles They live in the human sewer Which means they are bathed in feces Also their shells bleed turtle power Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast with Red Dead 2023, gathered in New York City. We are live in New York. That's right. For these Ninja Turtles. Hey, boys. I'm joined with TJ. Hi. And Seth Lee. Hey, how's it going? Hey, buddy. I heard your show got canceled. Sad day. That's really lame. But you just got back from tropical location. How was it? The U.S. and British Virgin Islands. Uh, yeah, super cool. Is it, is it kind of like New York City? A bit. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It's a big sewer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Folks, folks, I heard, pray tell, four amphibians fell in some goo. And now... They're beating up the Foot Clan, who took a beating when COVID hit, I, I would assume. Some of them might have went into the towers. I don't know. I don't know the backstory of these guys. They're, cru- I, they're crushed. Uh, I know. <laughs> they're under rubble. We lost half of our fleet <laughs> when Building 7 blew. Anyways, um... So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what's your guys' history with the Toytles? Oh, man. I don't know when it started for me. It was probably the first movie in the, what, mid to late 80s or whatever. I remember... Summer of 1990 was the first movie. 1990. Okay. Then that... That's really what kind of got me going with Turtles, and I ended up getting like the soundtrack on on, on uh, cassette tape. Um, it's kind of what got me into music a little bit. Is like then I, I like ventured out and got like an MC Hammer cassette tape after that. Yeah, 
But well, uh, that was one of the we we talked about that on that first episode with you was the influence of those soundtrack tapes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Ninja Turtles was a big one, but like I mean, at in that time, the music was great in that movie, you know. Uh, but it was just it was cool. Like I had never seen turtles look that real. They're like people turtles, you know, like anthropomorphic. Okay, that's the word. <laughs> Spell it. A n t a b b horfic. Um, yeah, no, I I had the soundtrack tape. Seth, what was your introduction to the toidles? Yeah, I think the movie also. Um, I got to hear the word "damn." Yes, mm. that was awesome. Um. But yeah, there was so. I was actually while you were talking, I was thinking about like what other things there were. So there was like Hot Wheels at <laughs> <laughs> a Turtles soundboard today. Uh, GI Joe, Pizza time! and then uh, the Ninja Turtles, right? Like as far as collectibles, because they had so much merchandise. Oh, and we're gonna get like into almost it. immediately. I had a, uh, I had the VHS. I remember like mm-hmm. Turtles Live. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Broadway yeah, yeah. rock mashup that yep. was the Ninja Turtles coming out of our shells. <laughs> I feel like I may have seen this sometime in my childhood, oh, but I, I did not own it, though. I think I maybe clips. they gave it away at Pizza Hut. Like, oh, yeah. Like they, the, <laughs> Pizza Hut sponsored that whole tour. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's so funny. Yeah. I, in fact, it's funny that you mentioned that because Nick Verberg had the CD. Of, or maybe it was a tape, but I just remember we played a song. There's a song on the album called Skipping Stones that Master Splinter plays. Whoa! Yeah, and I want to I want to I want to kind of shed some light on this voice of Master Splinter because I've had a running gag. People, fans of my previous podcast Conspiracy Therapy know I do do a bit of a character of Master Splinter, but let's let's let's, let's listen to a little Master Splinter. You have chosen wisely. Mm-hmm. Let the lesson begin. This is a little different. And now I shall tell you of the ties that bind Shredder to myself. Shredder is the sworn enemy of my ever-beloved teacher, Hamato Yoshi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just gonna <laughs> say. Just, just needed to play that. Wait, so Yoshi... Taught Master Splinter? Well, maybe. Is he a turtle? He's just into lizards in general. I think Reptiles. So. Oh, okay. So, I loved the games. The The arcade game was, was a fixture. Turtles in Time, mm-hmm. awesome. Big Apple, 3 a.m. Did you like, ever play the first one for <laughs> NES? Yes. That was so hard. Hard as fuck. Yeah, hard that as game. fuck. In fact, you would hear this when you knew it was time to die. Because this is water level. Dude, that was such a bad... Screw that level. And the one after it. (laughs) And there's another aspect of the turtles we have to discuss. And look... I referenced Come Town a little bit there when I mentioned the tur- the Foot Clan dying in the towers. Yes, there's there there is a thing with the the accents. 
Michelangelo is a surfer dude, and Raphael is a Brooklyn boy. Yeah, they weren't born. They they were not all born in New York. There's just no possible way. And I like to theorize that they get their accents probably from watching videotapes or TV based on yeah, that's what true. they're into. Because you got to imagine Michelangelo is the one who's like, "Oh man, my fucking bowl isn't packed." And then Raphael's the one who's like. Hey, fucking my my fucking ma, she's shacked up with my 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 fucking father's brother now. <laughs> and I don't like Steve. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> and fuck you too, Mike. You ate the last slice of pie. Mike's just like, ah. <laughs> okay. Man, I did a dab the other day with one of the fucking fucking biker mice from Mars and now I'm really fucked. <laughs> did a full gram. Yep. Full Ram Dab. TMNT, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, sometimes abbreviated as such, is an American media franchise created by the comic book artists Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. I like this idea because basically these two guys just smoke a dube and they're like watching a lot of A Team. And they're like, man, fuck these shows. We need big turtles. <laughs> we need big turtles. But like one of them just in a haze draws a picture of a anthropomorphic, which is basically a creature or an animal humanized. It's kind of the definition. That turns me on. Yeah, I know. It's Seth's kink. <laughs> Swipe right on him. Um, but yeah, no, it was one of those things where it was just like a kind of like a a goofy thing you do with your friends. Like, I'm just going to draw a fucking a shark doing taxes. And then suddenly that becomes a fucking show. Awesome. You know what? It, it, yeah. <laughs> but that's like <laughs> street sharks, street sharks. Yeah. I love in these references. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the Ninja Turtles definitely spawned a lot of fucking bullshit in other forms when it can, cause the, the, the capitalistic nature of the late 80s was in full bloom when the Turtles showed up. I mean, and we bought in hook, line, and sinker. Just saying. Um, but It was the right time for Big Turtles. But it's, but it's funny to me how this spawns because it is one of those things where, like, somebody goes, yeah, I'm going to make this thing, and it's a kind of a goof to make your friend laugh, but then it becomes this massive property. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Eastman and Laird conceived as a, it was a parody of elements popular in superhero comics at the time. The first issue was published in 1984 by Eastman and Laird's company Mirage Studios and was a surprise success. In 1987, Eastman and Laird licensed the characters to Playmates Toys, which developed a line of Turtles action figures. About 1.1 billion of Turtles toys were sold between 1988 and 1992 making them the third best-selling toy figures ever at the time. Wait, so is that Mike's dad? Did you say the third? Laird? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not Mike's dad? That's not Swipe Right Mike's dad. Now, we could ask Mike in a future episode, are you related? Is that why you got gold shoes on? It's his dad. And it's a fucking be beanie that takes you everywhere? Nobody else has that last name. It's, it's just his it's very small family. It's his father. Mm-hmm. Mike, that which makes Mike a turtle. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. He's yes, yes. That that this, this is all checking out. Going back in time and 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 thinking about all the times that 
when he would leave, he would skitter out like a turtle shell. Did it, his head ever disappear into his neck? Yes, when he gets lonely. <laughs> makes It all makes sense. <laughs> so the action figures were promoted with an animated series, which is, that's where I got into it. And we played in the beginning, it was a, a parody of that. But like, the theme song, did you guys know this? Was written by Chuck Lorre, the guy that created Two and a Half Men and fucking Dharma and Greg. Charlie Sheen's arch nemesis. (laughs) Basically, this motherfucker holds himself in. They get $2,000 to basically write this theme. They hold himself in in the dwindling midnight hours to record this song and just pop pop out this jingle. And that's him singing. He's the one that's like... Most fearsome fighting team. That's Chuck Lorre. That's awesome. I love that song. It is good. It was great. I got so stoked on that. Like, I remember being in my living room with a cartoon playing, and when that that theme song, I just remember like jumping around the living room, like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm a fucking turtle. In your turtles pajamas with your turtles loafers, eating your turtle cereal, doing karate. Oh yeah. And parents <laughs> were concerned. They there was this turn. Uh. There was this abbreviation, and I'm probably getting this wrong. Uh, basically, I was listening to this documentary called Green Machine, which is on YouTube, which I'll post uh, a link in the description for this video. But basically, they called it NRV, Ninja-Related Violence, or Ninja Turtle-Related <laughs> Violence, because kids at school would try to enact, like, some sort of martial arts technique. <laughs> this is America. This is America. Uh, little Johnny's bringing two fucking samurai swords to school. Yeah. I guess for me and Seth in high school, it would have been MRV, Matrix-related violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to freeze ourselves in the air and fucking fall off. Dodge the- bullets. <laughs> 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 hey, shoot this gun at me real quick. <laughs> I've been practicing dodging. <laughs> In the mirror. <laughs> so, the toys, animation, and video games. In 87, Eastman and Laird licensed Turtles to Playmates toys. Between 88 and 97, Playmates produced Turtles toys, including around 400 figures and dozens of vehicles and places. There was always something new. I remember the big one was the Technodrome. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, dude. And yeah. if you think about the cartoon, a lot of it really like the violence and the or the the drama didn't really necessarily take place in the in in New York. A lot of it was like sci-fi related because in the in the comics, the connection was between Baxter Stockman and April. And April wasn't a journalist. That was from the cartoon slash movies. The April was like a computer person, basically. Like, and so she correlated with with that aspect with Baxter. She had an OnlyFans. Yeah, she had an OnlyFans. <laughs> but like, Krang, the fucking. Does he have an OnlyFans? That's <laughs> gross. An only, <laughs> only brains. Um, yeah, let's talk about Krang for a second. <laughs> you've got basically you've got Andre the Giant, cancer patient with. A giant wad of microwaved brain bubble yum, and it's Tum Tum, yep. and that's Krang, voiced by Roseanne Barr, 
What? On the comic. And, and the cartoon. Are you in the later serious? iterations of the cartoon. Yes. No Roseanne? Shit. Roseanne. So it's nice she's getting work. <laughs> but like, it's interesting because I know I, the perfect person for this part. <laughs> but like, it's funny to me to think of that because it's like she is kind of just a nutsack with a mouth. <laughs> a microwaved bubble yum. Um, yeah, like Krang is an interesting, but like Dimension X, like that whole concept, like of space and all that, like. It works in the in the turtles verse because the whole idea is insane to begin with, you know, like Ninja Turtles. Nothing is too absurd. Nothing when <laughs> when, well, your, when your baseline when your, is when your a Ninja Turtle, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's all in the title. Bebop was a what was he like a warthog yep. or something mm-hmm. like that? Uh, but he was um, Rocksteady. Rocksteady. He he wasn't he in like Pantera? He. He had the like he had the like bullets like on his chest, you know. He looked yeah. like he was like maybe he should. I be think in he Pantera. was an honorary member. Honorary. All right. like, they dubbed him in right before. Bebop was like a pro wrestler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, influenced by the success of He-Man, GI Joes, and Transformers, which had promoted toy lines with animated series, Playmates worked with the animated studios. Murakami Wolf Swenson, Swenson to produce the first Turtles animated series, which premiered in 80, 1987 and ran for almost a decade. It introduced Turtles elements such as their color-coded masks, catchphrases, love of pizza, and distinct personalities, which when they started loving pizza, Pizza Hut was like, we got your number, folks. Oh, yeah. Let's make it rain. Oh, and for they both did. Of us. And they did. They're like, we're making kids fat for reading, so let's make them fat and also buy this fucking Somewhere in a boardroom. Pizza! This is the best fucking idea we ever had. They don't call it crazy bread for nothing. That's right. The first Turtles video game was released for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1989, the first of several developed by the Japanese company Konami. It sold approximately 4 million copies. So this thing is just print and fucking green, making it one of the best-selling NES video games. In response to concerns that the series was drifting from its origins, Eastman and Laird published an editorial in the comic in 1989 writing, quote, We've, always, we've allowed the wacky side to happen and enjoy it very much. All the while, though, we've kept the originals very much ours. Eastman Letter said there was, quote, some stuff that we wish we hadn't said yes to. And Laird wrote of his dislike for the softer tone of the animated series. So I feel like with comics, it generally is in a more darker thing. And I think that's kind of similar to what happened with Batman because Bob Kane and we talked about it in the Batman 89 movie episode specifically he wanted 89 Batman to be more like the comics because the 60s Batman was so fucking goofy oh yeah um but for me and this is just my opinion and again this isn't a review show I kind of like the goofiness of the turtles you know well when it comes to that you I mean, they're they're fucking big turtles. I mean, how right. you gotta have like it's got it's awkward. I don't want to see the turtles be like, ah, oh, fuck, Raph. I didn't know you were gonna get HIV. <laughs> I thought that was a heroin needle, <laughs> not a. No, I got HIV from a transfusion. Yeah, 
It wasn't the parties. Uh, but, like, literally, you know, one of the biggest 80s movies of all time, and there's a documentary you guys should definitely watch. It's on Apple Plus about Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future. When you mar- I read about this this week, actually. Yeah, it's awesome. It's called Still. Um, anything that has to do with the that era, like, you got to have... You gotta have the fun. Is like, it because he can't hold stuff? <laughs> yeah. I think so. <laughs> I have to say, I'm so sorry. I think that's I, I mean, love that's Michael J. Fox. I am such a dick. Oh my God. I still you know, have this. <laughs> he can't hold still. Poor guy. We love you, buddy. Oh yeah. Pull through. Seriously though, no, it's it's fucking tragic. It is. It it's is horrible. so tragic. And well, it breaks my heart to see him struggle. The third so much. Back to the Future didn't do very well. And then somebody was like, Hey man, just keep moving. And then he never stopped. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> so the stuff. But like things things get crazy. And uh, I'm going to play a little clip here from the documentary, actually, because it kind of illustrates where we were, especially at this point in the 90s. When I alight from the shower in the morning, my feet land on a teenage mutant Ninja Turtle bath mat. I do bypass my seven-year-old son's turtle towel. I hit my head on Freddy's turtle basketball hoop laundry net. <laughs> my son tells me in the mornings it's time to go to school. He should know by checking one of his three Ninja Turtle watches. Secret of Ooze, the second of the turtle movies, is blaring in the living room television. My wife prepares Freddy's lunch in one of four turtle lunch boxes Freddy has owned at one time or another. The living room is half taken over by more than 50 turtle creatures and their accessories. Freddy changes from his turtle pajamas into school clothes that cover his turtle t-shirt and socks. I do wonder where things are headed. Then my son asks if he can wear his turtle sunglasses to school. Perhaps more than many of the million, millions of American households ensnared in turtle mania, we have been marketed. The martial arts madcaps have taken over. So I decided the creators must pay. Without further ado, we do hope our speaker can tell us what it's been like to build a humble comic book into a multi-million dollar empire. Dudes and dudettes, please welcome Kevin Eastman. So... Turtles, 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 everywhere you go. I had one of the watches. Did you? Yeah, you'd flip it up. Oh, it had so like a turtle on the top, and then you could flip it up. Had the turtle shell? I, yeah. It was a digital one. Yes. Again, I think it was probably from Pizza Hut. Yes, I had one too, and it worked. It was a digital watch. Yeah. And what what did you do with it when we flipped it you up? You just like though? flip it up, and then like what was underneath it though? That was where the time. That was where the time was. Right. Okay, that's so right. So you would close it. It was like protected by the. That's right. Okay. You could just show the turtle guy right there. Yeah, everybody would know. We haven't really asked this question, but which turtle do you think you embodied? 
Because I feel like every group of guys was like, I'm Michelangelo because oh, yeah. I party. Oh, yeah. Same here. It was Michelangelo. Yeah. Really? Do you like, have to be a turtle? You don't have to. Bebop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I was, I was an April. Yeah, Just that, <laughs> yeah, that turtle arm uh, shoulder pad. Yeah, that's so see like, that I killed a turtle before. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I'll still stand by though now, and we talked about this a little bit before we did before we started the podcast. But like now, looking back, I wouldn't want to be a turtle. I would just want to be the pizza grate that they shoved the pizza through in the first movie. <laughs> or insert me. insert pizza. Just insert it. I just yeah. want to be the bathwater that Leonardo's in in the first movie. <laughs> if we had to cast the podcast. Uh, hosts, who would we cast as what in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Beer City Media movie? Because I, I, I'll just do it. Um, Casey is April. Uh, I guess I would be the Leonardo. Seth would be. I, I think I think Seth. It's hard because Seth and Mike. I could see as the Michelangelo Donatello. Yep. And then Tej, I'm going to go with you as Raphael. I can see that for sure. And then I'm going to say Larry is Master Splinter. (laughs) There we go. I think I love you, Larry. You kind of, like for me, I think I started as Michelangelo, but as you get older, you kind of grow into being Raphael. Every, yeah, right? every man <laughs> yeah. will grow into a Raphael. Yeah. Ah, fuck. No. <laughs> Damn. Uh, what are we going to do for dinner tonight? Another fucking pie? Yeah, I feel like he, <laughs> he's the only one that's got a job. He like works 80 <laughs> yeah. hours a week. Yeah, I might be a weekend warrior dad, but I'm a real dad, okay? <laughs> I bleed Miller Lite until they started airing those fucking woke for broke goddamn commercials. Anyway, so the first film was a big success. Huge. Like, that was the summer of 1990. I remember specifically going to see this movie. It was over my head a little bit. It was definitely darker than the cartoon, obviously, being that you were seeing, like, the real turtles and, like, there's something about going from cartoon to video, and it was a gamble. Again, I know that the 89 Batman blasted the fucking doors off when it came to having like a comic book made into a movie, but it was a huge success. The thing is, when in Hollywood, if you're listening, it, there's truth to this. When you make a good movie, it pays off, especially with properties that are universally loved, and Marvel sees it fully like when they do justice to captain america who isn't like everybody's favorite comic book hero those movies are fucking good like they're good fucking espionage thriller movies chris evans may look like a goon but like it works because the script's good Mm -hmm. so it's like when a quality movie is made of it a universally loved property fucking cowabunga dude it works so that first film, granted, didn't have great reviews. Well, see the Mario movie. Didn't have great reviews, but the critical, but the look, silent majority loves it. Yeah, I mean, so, look, look how much how many sales they've got. Look, look yeah. how many tickets they've sold. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. So, obviously, the first Turtles film makes a ton of money, and it's it's at the time, it's considered one of the greatest indie film successes. And... 
one of the things, future episode, that benefits the film is that it had work from the Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Oh. Which is something I think you forget because Henson died, I want to say, well, he definitely died before the second film because Secret of the Ooze starts with a dedication to Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that help, though, does, I mean, part of the joy of seeing it as a kid, it may be ages poorly today because of effects, but, like, at the time, it's like, oh, the turtles are fucking talking, Mom. Look at the fucking turtles. Shut up, Jimmy. Anyway, but you you see the movie and it, there's the turtles. Yeah, you know, so I, that, I think they look the best in that first movie. To, to personal opinion. Oh, totally. You know, out of all of the turtles, I have uh, movies affinity. I've seen and not seen previews. At least you know, I've seen commercials for different Ninja Turtle movies that I haven't watched. You know, now that I'm older, but like they looked, they looked the best. I think. The most realistic, I think. Well, I think in the second one, they had to like, they got like spots or something on them. I think that that was just another opportunity for them to be like, oh, now you got to buy the new, new Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, this thing's. Because they didn't need to change what they look like because they. No. Like you said, they looked the best. I think maybe a contributing factor to that might have been the fact that the first movie was like, it was darker. There was a lot of darkness, like just lighting and color wise in that movie. Whereas the, the second one is so much brighter, you know, they're, right. they're like out in the middle of the day, you know, I like the second movie. I did too. It's a goofy, goofy fucking movie. And the, you know, you'll hear the music and the clip from this, the break, but like vanilla ice is in it. He's at the pinnacle of his fucking white power at the time. <laughs> that song like, was a banger. Yeah. <laughs> And it was a time where, like, yeah, you, you know, like, you had to fucking extra creatures. You had the they're, they're babies, like when they <laughs> when they when he has the <laughs> fucking creatures made. But like, it it has the lighter the lighter tone. I think it was a reaction to the first movie being darker and violent. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequel, Secret of the Ooze, was released the following year with a rush production and a lighter tone. It received weaker reviews and was less successful at the box office. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, which came out in 1993, was aimed at the Japanese market, the largest foreign market for U.S. films at the time, but failed to see release there and saw weaker reviews and sales. That's the one where they go back in time. Turtles in time. Yeah. And it's a hokey freaking idea, but I think as a kid, I remember, I mean, it wasn't one that I watched often, but I didn't like hate it. I didn't either. Like I watched it more than once. I watched it maybe a handful of times, but it was really those first two that. The the first movie, I didn't mention this, made 200 million worldwide and was the uh, fourth highest grossing film of 1990. So it's. Interesting to see that drop off. But yeah, that was a big rental in my house. And I think we actually owned Turtles 3. 93, I would have been 11. So I'm still like we talked about it in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode. That was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was the beginning of the end for cartoony stuff for me. That was right when I was like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. Nirvana's a thing. Soundgarden's a thing. Nine Inch Nails. I'm a new boy. I'm a or, man. Or the Batman animated series is out. Yes. So, you know, screw this hokey bullshit. And that was partially, I think, what pushed kids away 
from the turtles too was that and then you had those like we mentioned biker mice from mars street sharks there was also gargoyles at the time which was another kind of darker and it had a group of personalities i mean they were smart enough to know you have to have identifying personalities for the different range of personalities of kids and even young adults who are going to be watching these programs you have to have a sense of humor but the dark tone seemed to pay off more so but i don't know necessarily if that's the way kids programming should should go i mean don't ask me i like it all generally if it's dark i like the dark stuff if it's if it's silly i like the silly stuff too like i can watch scooby doo i can watch those old ninja turtles cartoons and be full, fully entertained yeah there's there's fourth wall breaking even in that er, those early cartoons you know like there's a sequence in one of the documentaries i watched where raf basically is talking to somebody and he's like, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. And then Raph looks at the camera and it's basically just like, but this is only a 30 minute cartoon. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's, there's this instance of that pre like the Deadpools and what we, we got dealt later, sure. later on. So we talked about this and we'll take a break after this, but in 1990, a stage musical coming out of their shells Featuring the Turtles as a rock band played... That'd be a good porn name, too. <laughs> a porn parody. You know there's... <laughs> Coming out of my fucking shell! <laughs> I mean, there's going to be plenty of ooze, that's for sure. Um, featuring the Turtles as a rock band played 40 shows across the United States. The musical was sponsored by Pizza Hut and promoted with an appearance on the Oprah Winfrey show. A soundtrack album and VHS were released after the animated series ended. A live-action television series, Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation, was created in 97 with Saban Entertainment. It introduced a fifth female turtle, Venus DeMilo. The series was canceled after one seater later layered later said it was the only licensed turtles project he truly regrets. Now I mentioned there actually that they had a turtles appearance on Oprah. There was, and there is a clip. This is the single most uncomfortable moment in TMNT. And I'll play that clip right now. Can't wait. Guys, let me ask you this. Do you sometimes wish that April was a turtle? Whoa, definitely. Oh, conceptually, that works for me. You know, I'm a turtle. Where you going? Oprah. Man, I cracked myself up. <laughs> Oprah, I've been okay. trying to talk her into an interspecies relationship for months now. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, well, man. And she won't do it. She huh? can't no, hold her breath. No, she can't do it. Her. The biggest problem is she can't hold her breath long enough, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, coming up, the Turtles are going to perform their hit. Did you want to say something? I just wanted to say that the, seconds, one thing, <laughs> the one thing about the Turtles, being, being a, a reporter, it's hard for me not to analyze. And the good thing about these guys... Oh, I'm just saying, the, the thing is, <laughs> well, Raph, Donatello, and I were like, we got her airtight one night. What, what do you think about that, kids? Oh, man. <laughs> We don't like to make we, we like to make sure that 
April doesn't ever come up for air in these sewers. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, you know, that bitch is airtight. <laughs> Sorry, but look. There, my dick's as big as my body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um. Yeah, so the Ninja Turtles... Uh, they had a they had a show and and we have some clips to play from that, but first I want to play. Uh, this is a clip from SNL. This is a uh, well, it, it it speaks for itself. I've been doing a lot of thinking, and I realized I've spent years trying to fix this to fix us. And the truth is, I don't love you anymore. I want to, but I can't. Don't you have anything to say? Yeah, I've got something to say. If you think you're getting the kids, you're f***ing crazy! Middle-aged mutant ninja turtles Middle-aged mutant ninja turtles Middle-aged mutant ninja turtles All of them are dressed in Under Armour They came from mutagens in secret homes That's right! Okay. Well, I'm looking at the report right now, and as it turns out, it was just a benign cyst. Oh. Oh, okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> Middle-aged mutant ninja turtles. Middle-aged mutant ninja turtles. Middle-aged mutant ninja turtles. Hey, uh, did you hear about Shredder? No. What happened? He died. Wow, seriously? Yeah. You uh, think we should go to the funeral? No, no. Maybe the wake, but definitely not the service. Yeah. Hey, man. Can I borrow some money? Again? Come on, Raph. <laughs> Stop betting on golf. I don't even watch it. Middle age mutant ninja turtles. Their best days are way behind them. I I I gotta love just the amount of parody that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is ripe for because there's so many. Like some of my favorite there's one called Teenage Mutant Hardcore Turtles I sent to you guys. Countless comedians have riffed on it. I mean it, it's ripe for parody and I think it's beloved for a reason and it's stuck around forever. It never went away. You know, <clears throat> there was a game that was released last year called Shredder's Revenge that I, we have a, I want to say every three to four months we have like a, a dude video game get together thing 
at my friend Marty's house, and the only game that everybody wanted to play was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. So it's like uh, harkens to our age group and our age demographic, like the highest percentage of people who listen to this podcast, 35 to 44. Makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like, it speaks to that, that, that era of things. Like we're all about the same age ish when the games came out, when the shows came out, when the pizza hut promotional party came out, when this stupid, Broadway musical production thing came out. We all heard the Vanilla Ice song. We all tried to make nunchucks out of fucking toilet paper rolls. We all thought we were one of the Ninja Turtles, and we all wanted to bang April. That's for sure. I'll admit it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the back half of the Ninja Turtle saga. does actually beg the question to me what is your favorite pizza pepperoni and green olive nice man's pie tomato banana pepper and sausage i'm a meat lover so we know all the yeah oh boy me and the battle toads hanging out um but yeah, no, I love I love the like the meat lovers pizzas. But I, dude, I can eat anything on a pizza. Like I, I don't like I saw somebody post. I think a friend of ours, Barnaby, posted a video of like somebody throwing away a bunch of pineapple pizza. Like you don't eat pizza like this. And it's like, yeah. come on, man, slow your roll. But it's okay. People people get violent about that one, and I'm I I just I don't quite get it. But hey. I mean, I like pineapple on pizza. It's good. I think some people get caught off by the sweetness. Tell us what your favorite pie toppings are. Join the Instagram. Also, join the Discord. Link in the description. You can get in on the secrets of 
the behind the scenes and what we got coming down the pike. Also, new YouTube episode, because this comes out next Friday. So the new YouTube episode comes out June 2nd. It's on uh, Quentin Tarantino. It's with me and Marty. Um, so, yeah, back into the world of the the toitles. Um we're, we're 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 kind of in the '90s still. We we haven't really talked about where they went afterwards. There was there was a lot. Eventually, the rights to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles went to Nickelodeon. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Um, and basically that and and Paramount, and they've they've stayed there ever since. Um, is that Pocahontas? What are you doing in New York City? All right. Anyway, so come along. <laughs> Where's John Smith? I'm just lost. Now he's getting a pie across the street. <laughs> oh, here comes Jason. <laughs> Have you ever seen that Friday the 30th? Uh, was it Jason Takes Manhattan? So good. It's like eight <laughs> minutes of Jason Voorhees in Manhattan. The best part of that whole movie is when he punches a dude's head off. Right, I was just going to, yeah. <laughs> the guy's just beating the shit out of him, and then just he just one punches him through his head. He's like, don't fuck with me. I've been intermittent fasting. <laughs> anyway, so... We know about the comics. Eastman and Laird, the buddies, started in May of 84. We know they they started it with Mirage Comics. But um, let's talk about the characters a little bit more. So Leonardo was the leader, the most disciplined and skilled tur- turtle, an expert swordsman. We have Raphael, the strongest and most hot-headed turtle. He's like the cabbie. Basically, just imagine a cabbie who gets cut off. <laughs> also, the 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 color scheme. He was red. Um, Leonardo wears blue. Donatello does machines and wears purple. Michelangelo is the fun-loving turtle and wears orange and has nunchucks. Also, Donatello had the bow staff. Leo had the katanas, and Raphael had the size. Sheet to stick. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're down in the sewers, you use what you can. It's a, it's, it's astonishing the the pad they get too in like the second movie. Oh yeah. I was like, damn. Uh, who wouldn't live I there? I wanted to go down in the sewers. Get a man cave happening. It reminded me of the. Go. It reminded me of Ghostbusters two. Yeah, being down in the sewers. Yeah, the river of slime. I remember the. the we need city. to do it. We need to do a podcast about Ghostbusters too. Oh, for sure. Well, not only that, but like I remember specifically as a kid, they were tearing up my street, and it was right in that era of Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters. And I was like, I should go down there, see if there's some turtles. Down see there. if there's some friends I can make. Yeah, and it was probably just fucking my neighbor's shit. Yeah, like I wonder literally. how many kids. Went down in the source. I'm gonna be a ninja turtle. In the 90s. <laughs> I don't know, Brad. My stomach doesn't feel so good. I feel sick. <laughs> Little did we know that's where all the orphans go. Anyway, so 
franchises, commercials, toys, arcade games, arcade games, NES games, Pizza Time, Broadway productions, funded by Pizza Hut, <laughs> and 2000s to present. So, <coughs> ah, sorry, been on the sewer too long. Uh, sale to Nickelodeon. Eastman sold the shares of the Turtles franchise to Laird in 2000. In 2003, 4K Kids Entertainment launched a new animated Turtle series, which ran for seven seasons, concluding in 2009. That, I think, is the Roseanne Barr Krang series. Laird had a role in the production, creating a closer adaptation of the original comic, a computer-animated Turtles film. TMNT was released in 2007 and earned $95 million in the box office. On October 21, 2009, it was announced that Laird had sold the franchise to Viacom. He said he had tired of working on Turtles, writing, quote, I am no longer that guy who carries his sketchbook around with him and draws it every chance he gets. In August of 2011, IDW Publishing launched a new Turtles comic series with Eastman as co-writer and illustrator. A third animated series premiered in September of 2012 on Nickelodeon and ran for five seasons before ending in 2017. A fourth live-action Turtles film produced by Platinum Dunes, Nickelodeon Movies, and Paramount Pictures directed by Jonathan Liebsman and produced by Michael Bay was released on August 8th, 2014. That's Marty's birthday. Or no, it's not Marty's birthday. It's my dad's birthday. It received negative reviews, but was a box office success. That was with, uh, um, who who was it that played April O'Neil? Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Also, Will Arnett's in it. He's like the Ninja Turtles friend. Yeah, he was like the um, comic. Like the, the yeah, the comic relief. Yeah, like bad reporter. Like, oh, yeah. I dropped my camera, dude. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been a reporter since this morning. Whoops. I've been a reporter since this morning. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, There was a sequel to that movie, Out of the Shadows, directed by David Green, released in June of 2016. A fourth animated series, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, premiered in 2018 and ran for two seasons. A A film sequel to the series, released in 2022 on the streaming service Netflix, and in 2021, Deadline Hollywood reported that a live-action reboot produced by Bay was in development. Mutant Mayhem, an animated film produced by Seth Rogen, is scheduled for theatrical release in August of 2023. So, folks, we got ahead of the game there. We got ahead of Seth Rogen with that stupid shit. No, it's not stupid. Like I said, this isn't a review show, but realistically, this thing just keeps... It keeps printing money. That's a lot of money to be spending on turtles. It uh, is. On cartoon turtles. I like turtles. Turtle. Turtle, turtle. So, Image Comics from 96 to 1999. Co-founder Eric Larson, seeing that there were no TMNT comics in active publication, oversaw a relaunch of the comics through Highbrow Productions. So, this is the comics through line. Archie Comics. From 1988 to 1995, from that time, Archie Comics published Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, a series aimed at a younger audience, initially adapting episodes from the animated series. It soon moved to original storylines. The main series ran for 72 
issues. In addition, there were numerous annual specials and miniseries and ongoing spin-off series Mighty Mutanimals features a team of supporting characters. I think, Seth, you sh- you were showing a mutanimal that you loved. Oh, Yosaki Ojimbo. That's right. Yeah, Rabbit. He had a laser eye-looking thing and green shoes. Yeah, sweet green shoes. Uh, Dreamwave Productions, 2003, a monthly comic inspired by the 2003 TV series was published by Dreamwave Productions from June to December 2003. It was written by Peter David and illustrated by LaShawn Thomas. And the first four issues, which were the only ones directly adapted from the TV series, the story was told from the perspectives of April, Baxter, Casey, and a pair of New York City police officers. I'm surprised there wasn't some sort of lawsuit against Casey Jones, especially with him wearing the Jason Voorhees mask. But I'm not sure they those rights were... But then again, Jason Voorhees falls under Paramount. Well, the thing is... I mean, is it is it technically the Jason Voorhees mask, or is he just wearing a hockey mask? That's true. You know what I mean? I don't know if there's any way to distinguish. This it looked thing. a little different in the cartoon, more <laughs> yeah. like a Punisher skull. It did almost. actually, yeah. You know, I to go back to what we were talking about earlier about like how did you get introduced to the turtles, and I said the movie. I remember, as a kid, thinking that I didn't really like Casey Jones in the cartoons. And I remember when I saw the movie, so I must have seen the cartoons first. Cause I remember when I saw the movie, I was like, this guy's actually cool in the movie. You know, he was, he was a badass in that movie and he helped the turtles and whatever. Well, not only that, but like the last time you see shredder, he falls into the back of a fucking trash compactor. Oops. And then, yeah. yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> remember the last time we saw Shredder and then Casey flipped a switch and he turned into tuna? <laughs> <laughs> hey, shut up your mass here! He did a he did a half gainer right back into a garbage truck! <laughs> Raphael! Oh, Raphael, shut your mouth! Get back to training! Put pizza back in your mouth! <laughs> Fetch your head! Uh, but look. I get that. Casey Casey Jones is more like with comics you can kind of extrapolate especially like single issue comics you can go from like different perspectives, you can tell more stories and in a movie they're trying to contain a storyline. So sometimes certain characters don't get necessarily the justice or the storyline that you want to see is kind of like what yeah. he needs a spin-off. Yeah. The I, Casey I thought they, Jones did, they did great with the casting of him though. Well, you know, according to Eastman, Casey Jones was really a reaction to other heroes from other things. Like he wanted like he was a reaction to Batman per se. Whereas like this dark brooding it was more of like a like a you know like a, He's a, a mass regular vigilante. Guy. Yeah. You know? a, a, yeah. Basically. So, we're talking, we're mentioning Master Splinter, we're me- mentioning Shredder, and, and kind of like Turtles going back to feudal Japan and all that sort of stuff. There were mangas of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, several manga series. Mutant Turtles, a 15-issue series by Tsusoma Oyamada, a Super Turtles three-issue miniseries by Hidmesa Idemitsu, the... Mutant Turtles Gaiden, Mutant Turtles 3, Mutant Turtles 95, Mutant Turtles 96, 
all continuations of series that ran until 1996. There was a comic strip, a comic strip, a daily comic strip written and illustrated by Dan Berger, began in 1990. It features a adventure story Monday through Friday, an activity puzzle on weekends. The comic strip was published in syndication until its cancellation in December of 96. At its highest point in popularity, it was published in more than 250 newspapers. Obviously, there was the different, like three different Ninja Turtles cartoons that ran. There was a short-lived live-action series from 97 to 98 called Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation that aired on Fox. Again, it had the female turtle, Venus de Milo, skilled in the mystical arts of the shinobi. Get that girl out of here. Whoa. Get that bitch out of here. Michelangelo. Stop listening to Rogan. (laughs) Did they have a vegan option? (laughs) Shut up, Venus. (laughs) We don't need your feminine qualities. We already have April. Yeah, she's airtight. Raphael, that's not your face mask. That's my pad. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, obviously, the merchandising was crazy. The franchise generated merchandise sales of $175 million in 1988 and $350 million in 89. It had generated $650 million in domestic sales by May of 1990 in retail revenues. By 1994, it was the most merchandise franchise, merchandisable franchise, having generated a total revenue of $6 billion, equivalent to... Ten billion nine hundred and seventy million in twenty twenty one in merchant sales, so merchandisable sales up until then. Obviously, the video games were a huge success. We mentioned the TMNT NES game. Uh, in September two thousand two, Konami also acquired the license to adapt the two thousand three TV series into a video game franchise, resulting in a new series of games with three D gameplay, which is a big thing. I mean. N64, late 90s, Mario 64, which is probably the benchmark at the time for sure when it came to 3D games. And I'm, I think that that's probably the biggest issue they have with N64 games now is that things have jumped up so much, especially with 3D technology. I mean, now we have VR and that's kind of taken off somewhat. I don't know if it's, I mean, you have VR. Do you think it's hit? Uh, crest, or do you think it has a little ways to go? When oh, it's it comes got to a the- long ways to go. I mean, VR is pretty popular right now, but it seems like the kind of games that have been released are just kind of. Uh, I mean, the graphics aren't there yet. You know, for VR and for having like really, really insane games. Um, there's one I really want to play, but I can't do it on the Oculus. It's a uh, Half Life Alex. Oh right, uh, I was a big Half Life guy. Um, <clears throat> but I think that they've got a ways to go and that VR is really going to just continue to grow in a big way over probably the next 10 years. I bet you anything. It's just going to get massive. They're just going to probably eventually come out with like insane games. I mean, a lot of it's just kind of like Beat Saber. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's similar things to like to that. I know that they've got like a Resident Evil 4 you can do, uh, but the graphics aren't great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got a ways to go with VR, but I think that it has a lot of potential. Yeah. 
Seth, do you? I've never done VR. Uh, I'm going to wait because I know it's going to get way better. This is just like the Atari phase. Yeah, it is. Basically. It is. It's going to get nuts. It will eventually. So I'm just kind of waiting. I mean, the Oculus is relatively cheap. I have an Oculus 2, and it's pretty sweet. I, I use it mostly for the 3D or the VR for, like, locations. Because, like, you can go on YouTube and just do, like, a 3D VR tour of, like, say, Greece or... That's really sweet. Asia or, like, different landmarks. So there were obviously a ton of food tie-ins. There was a Ninja Turtle cereal. There was checks with TMNT-themed marshmallows. The cereal featured many different inbox premiums during its production run-ins. Ralston, the company that produced, also produced pizza crunchabungas, which were pizza-flavored <laughs> corn snacks. There were circular pizzas. Um, there were Hostess Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pies featuring a... Cr- I remember eating a moon pie that was turtles-themed. Turtle flavor? I bet yeah. turtle sales were through the roof at like a like a pet store. Like I bet so many kids wanted... Come on, Michelangelo. Oh, this one's broken. <laughs> and then some dad would just have to take Deal it out into a creek. I and fucking just shit it. a worm. <laughs> Fuck this thing. A lot of bad dads out there. Anyway, so the there were hostess tie-ins. Shreddies was a Canadian cereal with TMNT-themed box art and promos. An example of a TMNT prize was Rings... Featuring a character from the cartoon, Chef Boyardee had a tie-in, releasing canned pasta with the pasta in the shapes of the four turtles. There were multiple versions of the pasta release, including one with Shredder added into the shapes. Customers could mail away for exclusive Shredder action figure that was darker than the standard Playmates figure. It came in a plastic baggie. This Shredder is one of the more valuable TMNT action figures. Or Or it it came with actual, like, real... Like knives that came off it. <laughs> it's Shredder. Shredder. Shredder also has a song that basically, it's crazy. It's called like, I Hate Music. I'm not kidding. If you, I, I, I can play it for you here. It's, uh, it's the Shredder rap, I Hate Music. Just drive with this with my windows down everywhere I go. This is your urban shredder. It's the worst. The gift of song is the gift that curse. I hate music. I said I think it's the worst. I said I think it's the worst. Hear what I said? That's so bad, but so bad it's good. Folks, check out the outcome. Dude, I am. Out of their show. <laughs> Blast that. the shit out of that. 
That's a, these are all clips from YouTube today, by the I way, folks. Music. Shredder rap. Uh, yeah, so there are roller coasters, amusement rides, Nickelodeon Universe at American Dream Meadowlands in East, East Rutherford, New Jersey. A lot of people sound like Raph there. Which opened in 2019 consists uh, contains several TMNT themed rides, including two roller coasters that broke world records upon their opening: the TMNT Shell Razor um, and a Gerstalter Euro Fighter. Is the steepest roller coaster in the world at 121.5 degrees. The Shredder, a spinning roller coaster themed to the Shredder, is the world's longest free spinning roller coaster. Or rider or free spinning coaster where riders could spin the car freely along the track with a length of 1,322 feet and a maximum height of 62 feet. Nickelodeon Universe at Mall America in Bloomington, Minnesota also contains rides themed to the TMNT franchise. These include Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shell Shock, a roller coaster that opened in 2012, and Shredder's Mutant Masher, a pendulum ride that opened in 2015. Yeah, I mean, look, if it when it comes to themes, these guys are at it, and they've done it. There are, I'm sure, there are anything you can think of at this point. There's there's probably Splinter's Advil somewhere. And Master Splinter needs it after Macarangelo. Talking too much. <laughs> Talking too much. But anyway, that's it. That's the TMNT episode, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. There's a lot. It's over an hour of content. I mean, we could have done multiple episodes. We could have broke down certain comics, but this is a history show talking about different things and how they impacted us. We talked, to, we, we dabbled. Especially when it came to the turtles, there were things that we all liked. I loved the game. I think my favorite turtles things, if I had to say, would definitely be Turtles in Time. Yes. If I could get a cabinet, like an old school cabinet from the nineties, that'd be way fun to get one of those Ninja Turtles arcade fighter action. I mean, I would love that. Let's just go down to Stella's and steal theirs. Yeah, perfect. That and the X Men cabinet were like my mainstays. They were like the same. Basically, yeah. Basically the same style, same graphics, same game. Yeah. Just different like attacking. Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was something we did the last uh, episode I was on, the Link one, mm-hmm. where we discussed if they were to make a new movie, what director would you want yeah. to have direct that movie? Mm-hmm. So what do, you, what do you think? Interesting question. Well... <clears throat> I have seen the the 2014 movie. It's actually not that bad, other than Megan Fox. <laughs> I mean, I could have seen. I would have enjoyed maybe a little more skilled of an actress. I mean, that's the thing is that like, I'm not asking for much. Like, I get it. Like, I love B films for bad acting, but like, blatant bad high level productions with like just people who are like. Nah. She's just in there how for long, eye candy. That's it. How long till yeah. I get to make my Instagram short? You know, like all the dads will come in and love this part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Michael Bay is great at shooting. Our productions are great at shooting and making it look glossy. And and for that, 
And I think that's a good fit for the Ninja Turtles. But personally, I like something that would lean in on the silly. I'd like to see like an Edgar Wright, the guy that did Scott Pilgrim and the Hot Shots and like the uh, Shaun of the Dead guy, like that kind of zany England inspired back story, kind of like big city version of the Turtles. Uh, Edgar Wright and then just do the same thing as the original Turtles and you know now we've gotten to the point where we can we can do the the process and make the suits not as like antagonizing to the actors you know like that was the Batman issue was that he couldn't look around (laughs) or piss so like I'm sure with improvements we could make a better production and I think live action can work and uh i don't know i i like that uh the animated series like the one they have coming up has seth rogan and even has uh jackie chan and and stuff like that like voice acting like that works to me um it because the voices i don't think are going to be the actors so realistically yeah like something like that works like having seth rogan or Whoever the voice actors are for Mutant Mayhem, I, I could see that working with Edgar Wright. So what do you think, Teach? All right, hear me out. <clears throat> I think it would be cool to do a Ninja Turtles like a Ninja Turtles movie in the vein of like Kill Bill. Ooh. Like a ver like, you know, expand on the backstory with Splinter and the violence between Shredder and Amato Yoshi, um, and just have it be like extra fucking violent. And just kind of fucked, and you know, and then eventually the turtles and Splinter are like out for revenge, and Shredder comes into play. But like, I want it to be like fucked. So just okay. Tarantino, one hundred percent. So like, do it in the vein of Kill Bill with like the old like anime like backstories with all the fucking blood everywhere and everything else back in like Japan or whatever. I think that sounds honestly awesome. Like, and then the turtles are just you know ridiculous crazy ninjas super violent film it would just be it would be cool for like guy like dads our age like yeah. every dad our age in america would be like i want to see that fucking movie yeah and it'd be i I'm, i don't want to step on your idea but i think if they did something like that a one-off it's yeah, just, just a, yeah like it's it's kind of like how they did uh gotham by gaslight or like where they they take a property and put it somewhere like one of my favorite movies of last year was Prey, which was like Predator, but yeah, yeah. during like great. a Native American, like old timey right. vibe. So it's like, well, great. Now let's put Jurassic Park, but actually have it being during the dinosaur age. Or, you know what I mean? Like put these things in these certain facets of time or eras or with certain vibes. See how and you work. can suddenly level up. You know, like, have, like, a really cool, like, one-off. Like, again, like, people love the Joker. That is, like, a DC Elseworlds property where you take something and you put it in a in a environment and you have, like, a good self-contained story that doesn't have to feed into a huge thing but just can be something fun to try. Yeah. yeah. I really liked your idea. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. And it just made me think about, like... Uh, um, if like before every fight, Raphael puts on a white mask, yeah, 
and then he just goes into a battle, and by the time yeah, it's done, he's it's wearing red. a red yeah, mask. Dude, yeah, just, that's just very Tarantino. Beats people bloody. And, or, uh, that's fucking who, awesome. Who, 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 <laughs> who directed, like, Bullet Train? Uh, Bullet Train, that, that new Brad Pitt movie. Right. That was fucking crazy. That I didn't awesome. see that yet. You gotta see it. Like, I could see it done in that vein, maybe from that same director, but, you know. Who t- was... The director of Bullet Train, do you know? No, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah Ritchie, I don't know. Was it? I don't think it was no, Ritchie. I don't think it's it was a, that movie's hilarious though. Whew. It is It's utterly hilarious. Super violent. Um, it could be done in that vein too. But I just, I love, you know, I just, I, I love Tarantino because of it, the music choices and how yeah. serious he can make things and how fucked up they get. That's a, like that's. That's great because that's leading into our me and Marty's Quentin Tarantino episode. It's like a two hour plus. It's the biggest podcast we've ever done because we we just fanboy out for two hours. That's awesome. So, David thanks Lake. For, yeah, sorry. Oh, thank you. What was it again? Dan, da- David liked liked. David liked liked. TJ liked your movie. <laughs> uh. Anyway, that's been your episode. Subscribe to the YouTube. Please rate and review. We've got some reviews, but once they hit like three or four, I will read them out on the pod. And anytime you do that, you help the show. You tell a friend. Fucking show a YouTube clip to somebody, whatever, TikTok, whatever you use. And uh, if you're single out there, swipe right on Seth or Mike. (laughs) You can't go wrong. All right, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.